0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. Oh, yes. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Back in effect is the maitre d' of debauchery, MC Key on the microphone.
1: Good evening, Bob Nation. How you been out there?
0: Where you been, dude? Like, I haven't seen you all winter.
1: Yeah, I was, uh... What was going on down there in the city? I typically tend to winter on the internet. And then I IRL in summer. So you'll be seeing a lot of me coming up in the next few months. We got some uh, things happen. Yeah, what's going on May
0: 29th at Whole Foods and Plymouth Meeting?
1: Well, basically, in my best Ural's Arlric voice from Metallica, basically, what we're going to be doing is taking it to the top of the world.
0: To the top of the world is the party, ladies and gentlemen, at the Taco Truck.
1: Out on the rooftop of Whole Foods Plymouth Meeting.
0: We got DJ Wendell, Gorgeous Porch. And montage. That's right. We're going to have uh, all ages as well. If you want to bring your kids 21 to drink, they're going to card you over there by the, the kegs of beer because it's going to be the Philadelphia Beer Week, I hear, and there's going to be all sorts of selections.
1: Yeah, this is the second annual Bobcast event. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: actually, I think it is.
1: Uh, top of the Whole Foods Plymouth meeting with the taco truck.
0: I don't think it was a Bobcast last year we played. Last year we played and we played, like, what, four songs?
1: Well, we played four songs, but you had total control of the whole situation.
0: Command attention.
1: (laughs) We called them Sarge, and it was on. But, you know, Downtown Harvest played. Uh, It was their last show. Mm -hmm. And uh, this year, you know, Pocket Dial's back with a new lineup. Gorgeous Porch is going to be there, as we previously stated. Yeah, that's uh, Chris
0: Wood, uh, the drummer of Downtown Harvest. Chat.
1: It's all about just success and, like, succession. And, uh, you know, the second annual show is going to be bigger, better than last year's.
0: Would it be a fair assumption to say that we want the audience to succeed as well and having a good time?
1: Of course. They are more important than we are almost in these shows. And I think it's slowly catching on. We've only played about five shows. Mm -hmm. And with each show, the audience integration becomes more important to the actual overall satisfaction of the audience. And like, if you're listening and you're getting that, fist pump with us. Chant with us. You know what I'm saying? You don't even need to know the words. Just vibe out to the sounds of the B.O.B. and pocket dial and just have a great time.
0: That's right, and I guess uh, we're going to be introducing, a, I guess, a new uh, member to the group. We're adding a, a DJ, right?
1: Spoiler alert! Yeah, we got this new style. Um, we're going to be practicing next week, setting up some. Uh,
0: I guess we're going to like have to. We're going to have to wait to reveal the DJ name.
1: But uh, we'll guarantee you, it's, we're going to take it to the top of the world.
0: Let me ask you another question: Is your chat game strong?
1: Well, my chat game strong, and I got it, going on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh
0: Let's just dive right into. it. Let's get into a subject that uh, I know both of you you and I are enjoying daredevil
1: yes Matthew Murdoch the man without fear
0: it's really cool how the show just takes over you right you become like daredevil and you're in that hell's kitchen
1: yeah, yeah um on
0: Netflix.
1: great supporting cast uh you know I was like uh back and forth with the casting of daredevil but now I'm into it it's just you know he nails it and yeah what's he from what's he been in do you know mm. uh-uh. but the fight scene yeah fight in scene. season two hashtag slump boof when he hits the wall and it comes yeah. back with the oh, f- yeah. I was watching that being like ooh mate
0: yeah, I think uh I like episode 2 when he's gotta find the kid that's being taken hostage or something by the Russian mob mm. and he's all messed up when he meets Rosario Dawson and then he he shows up and it's like an epic what like three, four minute fight scene. Yeah,
1: single take, true uh, detective style
0: You never see any type of fight scene like this in like the Avengers or anything. It's so quick and like, yeah. you know, this is actually well-calculated it's type of choreography. It's
1: a dance almost, but it's like a violent dance and it's uh, an introduction into some of the more violent scenes I've ever seen in like comic book stuff other than, you know, Punisher maybe, but uh, it's uh, it gets really, really violent and that's, you know, was intriguing.
0: I hope that they uh, continue on with the tradition of doing, like, I think Punisher would be great for a TV show. Like, war journals, like, each episode's a different, you know, takedown of some sort of organization, crime organization. They did allude to the fact that this daredevil does operate in the same world as the Avengers, it's the same universe. The
1: post-New York, uh, you know, trouncing.
0: So, uh, let's just jump right to it, your girl from True Blood. Deborah oh, she's back.
1: You know, I got a lot more respect for her in this role. Uh, I don't look at her as such a, um, you know, piece of meat, you know. Uh, 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 her character's a lot different, so, you know, I respect her hustle, as it were. She's trying to attack from all angles, really. Uh, she's taking many different routes to try to help everyone make the city a better place. So she's still looking great, and uh,
0: what's up, girl? So let me ask you a question. You like it better as a blonde or a redhead?
1: Uh, I haven't been able to decipher a little difference. I mean, I know it was camped up a little bit in True Blood, but... True
0: True Blood. What a disappointment looking back on it now. Disgusting.
1: Yeah, moving on.
0: One true uh, thing that I'm looking forward to is the True Bobcast
1: returning this summer. True Bobcast Season 2 is going to be locked and loaded next year. It's going to be more cult, and it's just going to be just darker and more... um, Maniac, I can already see it.
0: Yeah, so when I picked you up at the train station today, you would uh, mention that you think that this season two somehow connects to the mythology of the Yellow King in episode, excuse me, season one.
1: It's got to, it would definitely be a waste if they don't. Misfire, right? Some Yeah, total misfire if they don't reference, include, uh, what do they call them now? Easter eggs. Easter eggs, but there's another one. It's like, um, not tidbit, gifts. Something, I don't know. You know what I mean, though. Oh, yeah, yeah I know
0: what you mean. Throwback. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see what the, the plot is. I mean, I've read stuff online, but it really can't draw anything from it. You know what I mean?
1: I'm trying to go in blind. Last season, I didn't start watching till episode three.
0: Yeah, when I, no, episode four, when I saw the the scene where um, McConaughey's got to get out of the... Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I came I'm in at episode bad. four, my mistake. Uh, and, yeah, I just rattled my cage after that. It was just some of the best TV ever
0: yeah one of the the greatest television shows i guess i hope it lives up to its you know
1: well that's where i'm at i'm i'm not giving it the respect it deserves i don't think it's i don't want it like you know i i'm not going to champion it until i see it
0: should we talk about how much we invest into pop culture events how much emotion
1: oh my god dude let's talk so about many that. tears have been shed uh we had talked about maybe doing like a 10 year anniversary of 6 feet under yeah which I had recently just watched the entire season uh, run of, and um,
0: well, well, I mean now would be a good time to discuss that here on the Bobcast, the Six Feet Under cast.
1: I shed so many tears during that, sh- uh, the actually just the final episode.
0: So I've been telling Mickey for years, you got to start at the beginning of everything, right? So HBO, Sopranos, and Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under, I think was on it uh, 10 o'clock and the Sopranas were at nine o'clock.
1: Such a consumable show. Um, so consumable.
0: You said that it was difficult to get into the characters at first because you disliked them so much.
1: Yeah. Everyone's really just out to get each other. Uh, or I'm sorry, everyone's just out for themselves. It seems. And they really put themselves first. And, uh, it's just like exhausting a little That's bit. That's interesting
0: that you say that because I, when, the whole time I was watching the show, I never really picked it up until you said it. And then I had rewatched some stuff. Everyone has like their own agenda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's you know? Trying to... Everyone e- even down to like Ruth, the mother. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah.
1: Her, hers is the you know most understand? out of pocket.
0: Yeah. Totally out of pocket. That they have. <laughs> I think what? my favorite character, though, definitely was Nate. I definitely uh, oh, identified yeah, with him yeah, as a character. Yeah. I mean, he's and the main he's character. And at the end, yeah. is just.
1: It comes one. out of nowhere, right? Yeah, you can. So let's
0: talk about that. I mean, spoiler alert if you've never seen day. Six Feet Under, turn it off, skip ahead, you know, listen to what we're saying, see if it's something else. But Nate Fisher suffers from uh, a neurological condition. Condition. And uh, he has, I guess, what would be good, best described as a stroke. And. The viewer assumes that he's alive, but then he tragically dies in, like, episode eight of the final season. So the remaining episodes are... The fallout. The fallout of what it is when someone you love passes away. The
1: Nate runoff, which coincidentally is the entire show. Every episode's about what happens when someone you love passes away. It started with the dad, the father of the family, dying, the owner of the uh, mortuary. And it continues every episode with a death, and it just... Shows how it affects not only the family that's the central characters, but also the family of the deceased, which is you know obviously unrelated in some cases. Some cases it is related, and it's just a interwoven connection of what is it? Uh, the Valley out in L.A.
0: Yeah, North Hollywood.
1: N- North Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy. We used to live out there, and yeah, just seeing all the familiar locales, the diners, the this, the that, and uh, you know. I couldn't imagine watching this show 10 years ago when I was out there in L.A. I watched
0: it. Like, I I watched it from the get-go, and I remember living out there and being, like— I was amazed at, like, how much the sunlight looks just like it does on Six Feet Under. But they really capture, like, the spirit of northern Hollywood.
1: Yeah, without exploiting it.
0: But, you know, another thing on the show is that uh, Dexter plays um, David, and David was one of my favorite characters as well because it really is the story, the arc of a homosexual man becoming comfortable in his own skin— through his family, his community. And like, you know, it showed to me as it, like, I guess I was like 24 and I always thought that I just enjoyed that David fought for like, you know, who he wanted to be, you know, even down to the crazy episode where he gets, he, he, he's trying to pull a trick like off the highway. He thinks he's just gonna, you know, meet this nice guy, but it turns out to be a sociopath.
1: You know, I think he was just trying to do a good deed. I think he was horny. Yeah, he was a horn dog.
0: I think he was like straight grinder, you know. Regardless, he got was out, he was looking for it, completely know? abducted, and it, it was the one of most like that episode. Man, scared the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, I remember you know? feeling a, a I was sense so of discomfort, just like oh my god, dude, like it, it felt vile, like yeah, getting it felt close to getting rescued,
1: like a total invasion. Yeah, and then the character who did the abduction was just one of the most, most, you know, unlikable characters in the history of television like who's worse than that guy yeah
0: I think he I, I've seen him in something but yeah so eventually David gets away um the guy's about to light him on fire he fills, he puts gasoline all over him David gets away but then he suffers from like you know PTSD and he, he's just a mess
1: yeah and haunts him to the the, the final episode doesn't yeah it?
0: and then there's that great reveal where the monster was himself and the person who's running away from the whole time really was himself
1: yeah, yeah he
0: hugs himself I yeah dude that show.
1: It was great, and then you can't talk about it. What so much happened. There were so many twists and turns, and you know this was before binge watching. people didn't binge watch this show. I fortunately had yeah. the luxury of being able to do that, and what was great about that is you saw the transition of characters and it seems like it could be like based off like the audience reaction at the time, but you see them change in weird ways that they necessarily wouldn't have been written like you know on that day when they wrote the third episode and they took a completely different turn for the worse or better. And, uh, it was just really great to binge watch and we can't escape one of the greatest endings of all time.
0: Let's go back a a little bit before we talk about the ending. So when you were binge watching this, you were also fasting.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've uh, talked about this previously on the Bobcast. I, twice a year I do the master cleanse. It's 10 days of just, uh, no food at all. It's just a drink, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, that's the time I took off work to just sit and, and, and watch this series. Uh, every day I'd watch a whole season. Really?
0: really? You yeah. would go through a whole season? That's awesome. Yeah. One season what was that. like your ritual? Like, what time would you start watching?
1: <laughs> as soon as I woke up. What time was that? Uh, <laughs> maybe 3 p.m., 4 p.m. I love that you sleep that long. And I'd, <laughs> I'd, go, I'd go to bed at like 7 or 8 a.m. I'd usually finish a season and then download a movie and watch a, a movie just to clear my palate.
0: So uh, what was your favorite episode, Mickey, uh, in the Six Feet Under Anthology.
1: <laughs> Again, I binge-watched it, and... Uh, chat. The one that stood out the most was The Abduction, but the best episode was the ending. For me? All
0: right, let's talk about the ending.
1: Oh. Phew. Never saw that coming. The entire run, did so time, much death.
0: Let me ask you a question. Did you time the series finale with the end of your fast?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I did, yeah. Let's chat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey,
1: yeah, that's how it worked out. I, I uh, you know... I couldn't watch it successfully every day, you know, but once I started to, I seen the ending lining up with the ending of my fast, so it was like the next day was my final day, and uh, that's usually the best day of my cleanse, after Mm. not eating for 10 days, like I wake up, the sun looks brighter, you know, things are different, and you're in a very spiritual place, so I went to bed after watching the season finale, and... I gotta say, like, the show was filled with so much death and so much tragedy and so much loss and so much sadness, you know, it was so dark, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get emotional throughout the whole run of it, because like I said, I didn't really, like, like you know, connect with any character individually, I like them or not, but that last episode, just, yeah. I broke down so hard, like, during the final scene, I'm sure anyone who watched that show did as well, but it just kept going on and on, and like, I just... I, I lost it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't
0: like grasp the scope. I think he like finished it like, what, like four, years, when the, someone's got like, like, no, like Dawn, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, great show, Six Feet Under. If you've never seen it here on the Bombcast, definitely go rent it. You know, I don't think it's on Netflix, but you, go ahead and buy the whole box. It comes in like a, what is it, like a Crypt Keeper thing?
1: <laughs> it's got the, uh, AstroTurf topping and it's like uh, a, a plot of land mm-hmm. it looks like a grave I think the coffins are the uh, inside
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: really cool there's a headstone on top that says six feet under the years it ran like, a, like uh, you know I, I heard two or
0: three years ago that they were going to revive the series and have another um, you know show based in a funeral home with a whole set of different characters
1: uh, I don't know you Let's, can't do it like nah, that not like know? that nah. maybe in like 20 years or something I don't know.
0: But other than that, I, you know, I gave up on Gotham. I'm not watching it no more.
1: I love Gotham. I watch it. I watch it. Tell me what's going on. On TV last night. I'm not sure if Fish is alive anymore. She wasn't in the episode last night, but I forget what happened the week before. I might have been a little intoxicated when I watched it. So, uh, you know, right now, Gordon's just chasing the serial killer. Gordon, the ogre.
0: The ogre, who's played by the dude who was on Heroes? What's his name? I don't know, but he was also in Rocky Balboa. He was also in a movie my friend wrote and directed. Did he?
1: Yeah. Uh, Dirty Deeds. Milo, oh yeah. Milo. I when that
0: came out, out in L.A., he had the poster on the wall.
1: Milo Vigorianson or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I,
1: I just like Gotham. Like you know, I'm over the Batman aspect of it. I just like it. I like the t- the style, pace, yeah. tone of the show.
0: Well, let's talk about the other big thing that happened last weekend: the Batman versus Superman trailer getting leaked. Thoughts? Do you bleed? You will. Yeah, I, I've watched it several times. I, I, I as a Batman fan, love it. I can't believe that, you know, when I found out that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman at the Golden Nugget in Atlantic City, I was pissed. I was really upset. But after uh, watching that trailer, I think he's got it, man. I think he's totally got it.
1: Yeah. Oh, he makes a great Bruce Wayne. I just don't understand the whole, like, what we're in for. Last I saw, Superman was destroying the, you know...
0: Daily... Well, that's, that's why they're angry. You know what I mean? Like, they're angry because he did destroy the city. He has superpowers, and, like, he's not being checked. And, like, it is true, though. Like, he is kind of like, you know, if Jesus did come back, they would probably be, like, questioning him at all aspects. And I said, you asked me, what's this movie about? I said, Superman's a terrorist. He hit the the nail on the head. The false god on the statue. You know what's really weird, though, is, like, I think that the movie's really, really being focused... Like politically for adults and stuff like that, like with the Batman versus Superman, Democrat versus Republican. You know what I mean? Like with the whole with the pictures I just coming up, you, yeah. But huh. um, I think that the the after I showed the trailer to some of my students are ten years old max, they didn't they don't really get it. You know see, I mean? I'm
1: like an infant.
0: Yeah, you're like an infant, is what you're saying. I
1: I could be, you know, sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. So you want Batman and Superman to be more in the cartoonish version?
1: I I'm excited to see it. Like, I can't wait to see it. I, I'm going to go home and watch the first Superman tonight, just to get caught up. Man of Steel? Man of Steel.
0: Have you seen it? Yeah, a couple yeah, times. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty solid movie. It's pretty dark for Superman. And that's the thing that I was talking about earlier today with someone, is that Superman now is becoming something completely different from what he stood for when we were kids. Christopher Reeve was, you know, truth, justice, and the American way, and like this... Superman is even more of a badass than Batman.
1: (laughs) I think that what happens with Superman is you're exposed to it at such a young age that you develop your own uh, idea of what Superman is very quickly, and it's hard for anyone to kind of shake that, yet they continually evolve the character, they change it, and this and that, and and you never let go of how you originally viewed it as a child. True. Because he's so ubiquitous. He is the superhero. Yeah, he's the one that's... yeah, yeah.
0: But I do enjoy the the aspect of, you know, the, the the one scene where he falls down the tunnel and all the soldiers bow down to him like he is God.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I just don't get it.
0: But for me as a Batman fan, listening to Alfred, who's played by Jeremy Irons, who I love in Die Hard with the Vengeance. If you've never seen that movie, go check it out. It's one of the all-time best. But Jeremy Irons as Batman in that voice where he's like, you know.
1: They will question him. That... No, no,
0: no. That's not his voice. Who's like, that? Well, there's a whole bunch of different voices. Oh, uh, yeah, there's Char- Lex Luthor. Charlie Rose, Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor talking about devil's not coming from hell, coming from the sky. But Alfred, you know, he says, he's like, that's how it starts, doesn't it? <laughs> the fever, the feeling of powerlessness.
1: Yeah, Alfred's always a class act in my book.
0: Yeah, I, you know, Alfred on the TV show, I think, may be a little different in the movie. But uh, the way that Ben Affleck's looking at the Batsuit, he, like, it's like he doesn't want to put on that bad suit. I think that he's been retired. I think they are using aspects of the Dark Knight Returns in this.
1: I'm down. I'm down. I just, I just, I want to see it, you know? We got to wait another, what, year and a half?
0: Yeah, a whole year. So, you know. But it is what it is, you know? Like, if they can spend the time. I mean, the fact of the matter is that they're showing this this trailer a full year out, I mean...
1: I do love the armor suit because that just Frank Miller's me, damn. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I love the fact that they're digitally altering Batman's voice. I wonder if when he's in the classical Batman outfit, that he'll also have that same voice, distorting Bruce Wayne's true identity.
1: Doesn't he have like a mic, like a amplification system in that bat suit? What do you mean, like the mechanical big bat suit that he's wearing in the Frank Miller version? Doesn't yeah, he have yeah. like a microphone? I think, like, I think
0: that yeah, there's a microphone, but also. Um, the speech balloons, I think, are drawn, with you know, like when they're used to the robots, they would do like, mm-hmm. kind of like um, waves.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure that'll make it all make sense. Uh, Either
0: way, though, it looks fantastic. Can't wait to see it.
1: And Wonder Woman's in it, right?
0: Wonder Woman's in it, and supposedly Aquaman's got a big cameo. Stuffed, stuffed with superheroes. Doc. Uh, the other thing that uh, came out is the Star Wars trailer. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, I love Star Wars and uh, i love that trailer man
0: talk to me about it
1: it's uh comforting you know again childhood that's really what the pop culture dial root r- is rooted in
0: the fact that we never grow old because <laughs> they keep redoing a everything in a
1: stream with. of just entertainment you know and star wars obviously you know luke skywalker is like the true like indiana hoosiers like underdog out of nowhere master of the universe and uh such a great feeling, and now to see the next chapter, I'm really stoked. And plus, the character of this Chrome Stormtrooper looks so cool.
0: So, is he the the main villain in the story?
1: No, the guy with the um, handlebar lightsaber seems to that's, be the that's main. That's
0: Adam villain. Driver, though, right? It's got to be.
1: Who is just an amazingly um, awkward
0: presence, a human being? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did like the Chewbacca Harrison Ford reveal at the end. I mean, it, it it looks hokey, but A. But it's hokey, but it also makes you feel good. Right. Because you remember them when right. you were a
1: kid. That smirk on his face is just... Looks like they could have did a better take, you know? I don't know, maybe the makeup wasn't That's good. That's Harrison
0: Ford, though. I mean, he hasn't made a good movie in years. <laughs> Name one good movie he's done since The Fugitive. Uh, you know what? There is one... Uh, what's it called? Uh, what Lies Beneath Here, maybe? It's a story of him going to, like, a cabin... And, like, the cabin being haunted?
1: You know, What Lies Beneath, I put that into a rap song I
0: wrote in 2003. The movie? I said those words. I never saw the movie. The Danny Davidio? Oh,
1: what do you know about Danny Davidio?
0: I don't know, but let's take a listen to a new Pocket Dial track here. This is No Queen.
1: So at least let's keep it real until we meet again. I got my memories, you got your other friends. So cut the suspense, uh, uh. And in the end, you ain't worth my time at all. My two cents. Give it up, get in. You ain't a friend.
0: So uh, that's our brand new song, No Queen. How do you feel about that, Mick? (laughs) Is your chat game strong? I feel feel like like that
1: song is another in the line of hashtag monsters, gothic gothic pop, and uh, it's going to be a dark little sensual Victorian ditty.
0: I enjoy it. I enjoy playing it live. Don't forget May 29th, Mick. You know we got a gig, right? We're going to take
1: it to the top of the world. Get Get your fish fish taco taco truck. truck. Take Did it you to the, the top of Whole
0: Foods. Do you want some chips and salsa? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know it. It's going to be such a great experience. Again. again, please come out. Please participate. Please, please have, have a good, good time. time, and we'll, we'll get, get you on down the down Danny DeVito.
0: Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Montage play a couple times with uh, Kid Lou who uh, lives next door to me here. Uh, you know, they're a fantastic band. I mean, what a great way to end the evening with some straight-up jams. Yeah, yeah. it's going to just
1: be, be a, a great night. night. I'm um, really excited and totally looking forward to it. I want as many people to come out and just have a great time.
0: Totally 21 the drink, all ages to get in. Get your tickets here on www.dot.
1: <laughs> well,
0: unfortunately, I don't have bobcast.com. The guy never answered my emails. I don't think I've ever told anybody that, but yeah, I actively searched to track down the guy to get www thebobcast.com. Couldn't get it. Wouldn't respond back. He wants $1,500 for it.
1: Yeah, you know, the internet's wild, wild west.
0: You know what I'm saying? No
1: No regrets. regrets.
0: No regrets here on the Bobcast. My uh, co-host today has been Mickey. Peace. This has been episode 81 of
1: Bobcast.
0: Bobcast.